If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Welcome. You are now listening to The Professional Homegirls, it's the kid Ebony from the PSG podcast, the only place where you would hear interviews from Black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PSG podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five-star reviews only. Hold me down, don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list, so please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below. You can connect with the kid on Instagram at the Professional Homegirl and at the PhD Podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at the PhD Podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episodes, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PhD Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PhD Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. So I'm super excited to speak to my guest as she would share her journey on being one of the top panty sellers on many platforms. So to my guest, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Nice. So this conversation is way overdue because I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, I think I reached out to you like last year? Mm, Quite possibly. Or it's been at least half a year. I can put my word on that, that it's been at least half a year. So before we begin, we have a lot in common because I did my research on you. So we both love to read. Nice. If I'm not mistaken, you're in school for entrepreneurship. Yes, I am. I got my master's in entrepreneurship and general management. Okay, awesome. Where you live at is where I want to currently visit. That's like my top three places to visit. Really? Okay. Yeah. I can see it. Arizona is definitely beautiful. Yeah, it's so nice. So besides selling your panties, what else do you offer? Or what else do you do? Well, adult entertainment is my main source of income. Um, My panty selling school is actually starting to be a really nice source of residual income for me. Um, But outside of selling panties, which I actually been shying away from a bit mm-hmm. um I guess we can get on get into that in you know in a couple minutes or you know whenever we get into that um but I also am a professional dominatrix um I do content production um I do paid companionship like online girlfriend experience uh professional cuddling 
in person, mm-hmm. which is totally legal. Um, if you all have never heard about that, professional cuddling. Um, mm-hmm. So I do a lot of things uh, that have to do with basically making people happy. I'm a service provider. Um, I offer many services. So my next question was, do you enjoy this service better than the others, but you say you shine away from it? I really enjoy selling panties. And, you know, it's something that I still do if, you know, the opportunity presents itself. Um, but I've been doing this for 10 years. So, you know, I kind of, I guess, go through seasons with, you know, Mm -hmm. what I enjoy, what I find enjoyable, what I feel like doing at the moment to make income, which, you know, is nice. That is sometimes the flexibility that being an entrepreneur gives you. It gives you the flexibility to say, hey, I don't really feel like doing this, um, right now. So I'm going to take it into a different direction because I am my own boss. Mm-hmm. I don't have to tell myself, no, I hired you to be a cashier. So, you know, you definitely can't do anything else because this is what I hired you for. Um, right. I'm not locked into that. And it's it's nice. And I know um, one video I saw because I was like, damn, you got to have a lot of underwear to be doing this for over 10 years on and off. And you said you had like over 250? Yep. I still have a... <laughs> I keep a nice inventory of underwear. I can't say I still have all those pairs, you know, that I mentioned in that video, but I still have a nice inventory that's always, always getting added to. Right. How much would you say you made since you started? Um, There's really no telling, ma'am. I mean, I could look at my tax records, but I can tell you, you know, my house, my first property I bought, it'll be paid off in three years um this is something that I've been able to have as my full-time income Mm -hmm. um on and off for years you know usually if I decide that I want to dip my toes into something else it might be you know just because I want to um this is definitely can be a sustainable full-time income Mm -hmm. putting in part-time hours right do you think it's um oversaturated now Cause I feel like a lot of people is it's now popular now. Uh, I mean that's hard to say. Again, I've been in this industry for ten years, so I don't know. I kind of always feel like the market's always getting more and more saturated, and you know, I don't know if that's my perception because you got to understand, I came out like I don't want to say right when technology came out. Um, cause of course, you know, technology has been evolving since literally I was a, a baby, but, mm-hmm. um, I do feel like I came out into the industry in a time where technology really is rapidly developing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I got on the industry and we were camming on, you know, really crappy, um, really crappy webcams. Now people are, you know, streaming. It's so advanced. Right. Right. Um, OnlyFans and things like it. Um, you know, they might have been around, but they really weren't around when I first when I first started to become interested in the industry. Um, and if they were, they weren't nearly as popular or mainstream as they are now. So I know you was introduced to selling your paintings through Cam. So like, I know you said something about how a lot of your clients would ask you for your used underwear. Yes. I uh, got started in the adult industry, actually, like, before I was even 18. I uh, first got introduced to the industry when I was 17, and one of the first things that I did or put a lot, a decent amount of effort into was becoming a cam girl, and when you're new um, to camming, man, all these, like, fetishes and different things that people will ask for will like really surprise you like if you're not familiar you honestly you honestly might think some of these people are like uh trolling you but they're not did you think that at first right with some requests but they're not necessarily Mm -hmm. trolling you and they have money to spend right it's not a joke they really have money to spend i know i introduced my home girl she's a um phone sex operator and she was saying how like people would ask her for her earlobe earlobe <laughs> right how are we gonna give you our earlobe right and she was like people think it's weird but she was like if you got a picture and people got they want to see a body part she said you can make mad money 
underwear, toilet paper, Kleenex, dental mm-hmm. floss, old toothbrushes. So what made you decide to like initially just go for go for pledge into it? Um hmm. Well, I've been interested in the industry since gosh, since I might have been in high school. Um, I know that's not going to be, you know, most people's experiences. And I hope that isn't most people's experiences because of course it's best you get introduced to the industry when you're of age that, you know, you'd be working by yourself. And I wasn't introduced to the industry under all those pretenses. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't want to say that I became full time out of a place of being stuck. Um, but I mean, I kind of did, um, by the time I, what do you mean by stuck? by the time I had graduated, um, from high school, I had already moved out of my parents' house. Um, I wasn't staying with like the most savory people and I wasn't working in the adult industry smartly. Now, by the time I turned 21, I don't even know if that's a word smartly, but y'all, y'all know what I meant. <laughs> um, by the time I turned 21, um, I was in no better really situation than I was when I moved out. Now I had, um, a criminal record. Um, I just wasn't in the best place. Right. And, you know, I tried to work, um, some, I don't know, entry, entry level jobs. Um, but we all know, uh, we all know what inflation is. We all know that working an entry level job just really is not sustainable. Um, right in the United States. I mean, maybe it it can be more sustainable in other parts of the world, but it's really not sustainable um, in the United States. And I don't know why it's not, because of course you have to start somewhere. Not everybody uh, works a job in high school, but it's not sustainable. So after working those entry-level jobs, you know, I I was able to conclude that that wasn't really going to be able to supply the quality of life that I want. I still can't even say that you know, I'm living the best life now, but Mm -hmm. you know, my house will be paid off in in three years. So hopefully once that big major expense is, is eliminated, um, I do think my quality of life will improve any even more. And I'm not living a bad, I'm not living a bad life now. Mm -hmm. Are you happy? Um, I am happy. Um, Mm -hmm. of course I've been through, I've been through trauma in my life. So, um, those are still things I'm, processing through and Mm -hmm. and dealing with but I'm as happy as I can be um I'm successful right uh I'm here well we're gonna bring her back to the show y'all because initially I found her because she is one of the top panty sellers on many platforms but I discovered that she has such a powerful story but Amazon was cock blocking so I couldn't get my information in time. So hopefully we can bring you back on the st- bring you back on the show so we can um share your life up until now because I think your story is just like like your story is just amazing to see where you at now and to be here. You know. Yeah. Um. I'll definitely be delighted to come back. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of sites out there that you can sell your underwear on. So which one do you prefer? Um, there are a lot of sites. Um, that answer has changed over the years. Um, Penny, PennyDeal.com is probably, well, it's not probably, it is one of the biggest, oldest, most popular platforms that you can sell on. Um, but with popular platforms, um, that have been along around for a really long time, Often comes a uh, saturation, which, you know, you asked me uh, a little earlier if I thought the market was oversaturated. So now that I've gotten myself a little name in the game, you know, mm-hmm. I used to be a top seller on Panty Deal. I've gone more independent um, and like to post on smaller platforms and in smaller communities like Reddit groups, uh, mm-hmm. social media, etc. Mm-hmm. What are some things to consider when it comes to picking a platform or even going to more to a, a more smaller niche crowd? 
Um, things to consider while deciding to get in the industry period. That's uh, something you need to consider before you even decide where you want to sell, where you want to sell. That's definitely a big thing to consider. Um, cause I'm like a firm believer that, you know, if you would be afraid that other people, uh, found out what you were doing or if you shouldn't be doing it. Right. If it would be detrimental to your career and that would be, you know, really upsetting to you. Um, then it's probably not something that you should be doing. Now, right. you know, if you've decided that you're uh, kosher with that and, you know, you're fine and you've assessed those risks, then um, if you have time, I would say to experiment for yourself because, of course, we're all going to have different experiences. Um, you know, I've elected to shy away from Panty Deal a bit in the last years, um, which is yeah, to that I don't. That. Later. It's not to say that I don't still get on it. It's not to say that, you know, it doesn't make me money. It's just not um, one of the main things I'm focusing on right now in my career. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I'm at that place in my life doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't try it. Right. So walk us through the process of starting an account and posting your first ad. Because I feel like when I was watching your videos and stuff, I felt like you gave really good tips and resources to use which we can talk about later but I feel like people just think that I mean I know it sounds easy and it is easy but you gotta do certain things to stand out right so I mean you can say that it sounds easy and it is easy um sounds easy check totally um is easy debatable um I've worked a plethora of service related jobs, you know, where your job, where your cash flow is going to be heavily related on tips. I've also worked a lot of sales jobs. I honestly consider those like two in the same. Like if you're right. getting paid $2 an hour to work at a serving job, you're essentially a, a salesperson because if you can't sell yourself, then you might not be getting any money today. Um, and I can't really say those are the easiest jobs. If you no, don't have a good personality, so it might sound easy, but it's not easy necessarily mm-hmm. um that's not to like cut you off like real bluntly but I feel like a lot of people try to get into the industry and this is why it's like oftentimes really saturated and it's also why you'll also see like a lot of new people emerge in the industry and then they disappear within six months and if they don't disappear within six months it's quite likely that they're going to disappear within their first year of entering the industry because they under underestimate the amount of effort that, you know, goes into having to be in the industry or really just having to be self-employed, period. Mm-hmm. Any type of self-employed, period. Not even just, like, in the adult industry. Um, a lot of people will open a business and be like, hey, I'm going to start, you know, I don't know, a cooking business, uh, uh, kids entertainment business, balloon decorating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have the skill. And they have good intentions, but do they really have the work ethic for it? Or do they really have the mental capacity to deal with things when things aren't going well? Do they have the mental capacity to work a job while they try to get this business started? Any business. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where a lot of people, (laughs) that's where a lot of people get stuck and fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, one of the, one of my biggest words of advice to you would be to go into this with realistic expectations, um, wanting to get full-time income without putting in full-time hours at first, it's probably not realistic. Um, gosh, with the way the cost of living is going nowadays, um, I don't know. I wouldn't want to have this be my only source of income uh, just starting out probably for at least half a year. That's just me. Um, I can tell you, know, you over it. I can tell you over this panty selling shit. That's the adult industry period. And I'm not Sorry. over panty selling. And I like my career. But mm-hmm. I mean I'm a realist. So right. I'm not going to tell y'all you know sign up for my panty selling school um it has really good information what it does um you'll be able to quit your job within two months like a lot of these adult entertainment classes they'll hype you up like that no that's true they will and they'll take your money and then 
if you're not getting the, the results that they think that you should be getting, they'll try to maybe tell you you're not working hard enough or they just won't really be responsive. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of just take your money and aren't able to offer any support outside of that. And, you know, I'm not hating on them and their business model, but I mean, to tell people that their new business that they've never done before, never tried before, they don't have any backlog on content, they only have a limited amount of panties, to tell them that they should sign up for your class and they'll be able to quit their job in two months, mm-hmm. that doesn't sit well with me. Right. And I have peers, I have peers that do this. Um, do you speak to them the about this? Works. Um, I mean, I've spoken to them in, you know, light conversation, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're all, you know, business women, we're all here to eat. So I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how to, how to run your business. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're have an adult entertainment class and, you know, you've come up and you just live like a really privileged life and you don't even, you're not even in a position where you have to work and you're in a position where you are able to invest a lot on the forefront, then, I mean, I would hope that you were, you know, in perception with reality. So you would know that that's not everyone's situation. And a lot of people get into sex work because they're not in the best situation. Um, Right. Right. I would hope that these people would understand that. But I mean, it's not my job to, you know, to educate to educate the world. Uh, People sell educational materials all the time. At the end of the day, any educational material is only going to be so helpful if, you know, you put in the work. Just reading, reading a book about how to start a business and not putting any action behind it. You're not going to have a successful business. Mm. So walk us through when it comes to, is there a fee to sign up? Most of these, yes, so most of these platforms have a fee to sign up. Um, I'm going to walk you through the basic gist of how to sign up for all of these websites because they all pretty much are the same Mm -hmm. in the process. The process to get on the website is the same. Now they might have a different membership fee or the interface might be different once you sign up. But at the end of the day, it's pretty basic how you get started. Um, but if you want more information on, like, the breakdown of these different websites, how to use them, um, et cetera, then I would definitely encourage um, anyone listening to this to take my online adult entertainment class. Um, it's not just about selling panties. Um, I told y'all that I've gotten away from selling panties a bit. But my class is still relevant to people like me, like even if you already know how to sell panties and you're trying to get more into video sales or camming or phone sex, there's sections for all of that on my online adult entertainment class, Panty Seller 411. Okay, so but how to get started in general on any of these subscription based panty selling sites. Um, So you're going to sign up. You need a valid email. Um. Some of them, most of them are going to ask you to do some type of photo verification process. Um, Most of them don't require that you show your face. uh, So that's optional. Um, I definitely think sellers that show their face make more money, but it's possible to make a decent income and not show your face. So you Mm -hmm. sign up with your email. You verify your email address. You take your verification photo, which you know is usually like just I don't know, Panty Deal usually asks you to wear a certain color shirt and hold a sign. Most of them will just ask you to hold a handwritten sign with your username. Um, A majority of them are going to let you sign up without paying, but it's like a lot of these dating sites. You can't use the features, you know, until you pay. So you can't message people. uh, You can't add stuff to your store. You can basically just see what other people are doing. So you're going to pay your fee to sign up um they range between i'd say nine and 25 dollars per month Mm. uh you pay your fee to sign up um some of the sites i'd say really only one in particular um really tries to not stray too far away from used clothing but the rest of them are pretty open for selling 
Use panties, videos, online companionship, sexting, phone sex, like really whatever you'd like to sell within your online business. Um, they've given you the platform and some audience to sell for. Mm-hmm. Um, so ideally, before you sign up and pay, I'd recommend having, you know, some photos and some ideas of what services you're going to offer and what you're going to post. Cause of course that takes, that takes some time to come up with. Um, and you know, if you're more pressed for your nine to $25 an hour, excuse me, nine to $25 per month for the subscription fee. Um, of course you can better get your times used if you already have your photos and at least an idea of what services you're going to offer together. Um, so you'll upload those. I mean, and then you're ready to go. Um, most mm-hmm. of them are set up. Mm, I'd say most comparable to Facebook, but I mean, you can repost like store items and add items for services to offer. People mm-hmm. can message you on the platform and you know, you're, you're pretty much ready to go, ready to get started in business. It's not complicated, but mm-hmm. it is work. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had a lot of questions about how to go about shipping. Um, so I also cover that in my class. Um, so the thing about my class and, you know, most, most online adult entertainment classes in general, I'm not the only person with one, is that most of this information you could probably figure out through trial and error and you could probably research yourself. But, you know, I've known, like, I've known since a young age that time is money. Right. So people will oftentimes be like, well, I'm just going to look it up myself. And, you know, that's fine. If you want to do that, that's great. But at the end of the day, you're paying with your time. So you're going to pay with your time or you're going to pay with your money. Um, as someone who's been in the industry for over 10 years, I still patronize uh, people's educational resources for <laughs> adult entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say that to tell y'all I know my stuff. And also, you shouldn't be afraid. I know my stuff. I know relevant new information on what's going on in the industry. And no matter how long you've been in the industry, you should never be afraid to stop investing in yourself. Right. That's like uni- universal advice for any industry. You're welcome. <laughs> Seriously, that's good, that, that's good advice. You're going to pay with time, with time or money. So are there any cons when it comes to um, selling panties? Um, cons with selling panties or just being in the adult industry in general um, are a lot of the same cons that just come with being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, you deal with slow seasons. Um, a lot of the work that we do, um, is independent contracting. Um, not so much for the panty selling websites. So they don't take like tax information and stuff, but when you work on like cam site or a phone sex site or a video store site where you can sell clips. Um, you're an independent contractor, so you work for them, you agree to follow, like, certain company rules and procedures, of course, so you wouldn't be employable, but you don't really get any, like, benefits that you'd get from being an employee. Mm. Um, so I would say that to say, this is one of the biggest cons, in my opinion, about being in the industry, is just dealing with with all the changes and, you know, usually in my opinion, the changes are negative. Like as you mm-hmm. deal with, um, people, <clears throat> powerful, powerful people in positions where they have lots of money and, you know, have a lot of people behind them decide that they don't want sex workers to really be able to do sex work. Like their, uh, mission statement is to end the commercial sex trade. Mm -hmm. Um, when you have people who have, that's their business quota, that's like all they do, um, it makes being in this industry difficult. Um, you said it sounded like I'm over panty selling and it's not really, I'm over panty selling because y'all panty selling is like pretty kosher. 
I would say panty selling is going to be one of the sectors of the industry where you deal with like people attacking the industry. Like panty sellers feel that the least. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think panty selling is like the most profitable thing that you can do in the adult industry. Um, the most profitable thing you can do in the adult industry is be diverse. Of course you want to have niches and, you know, particular things that your customers come to you for because you need to stand out. But at the end of the day, you should also be diverse. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're only selling panties, but, you don't offer any photos or you don't offer videos, you don't offer cam, you don't offer texting. Um, I'm not going to say you won't make any money, but I mean, I've never done that before. So I can't tell you my experience on only offering that one service. Um, One of the biggest cons, and this is outside of panty selling with like really any other service you can offer is that, you know, people don't like sex workers. Um, The industry is always under fire. Um, I don't know if y'all are familiar, but I'm about to make you familiar of some of the current events and things that have been happening in, in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. OnlyFans a couple of months ago yeah. said that they were going to change their policy and no longer allow, um, I mean, they were still going to allow nudes and stuff, but they were pretty much not going to allow uh, like porn stars, cam girls, anybody offering explicit content like playing with toys or doing any type of masturbation, they weren't going to allow that anymore. And, you know, they cited MasterCard's new policies as to why they were going to change their terms and procedures. And they want to keep those sponsorships, them advertising. I mean, MasterCard and Visa run credit card processing. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not even really about, getting paid for ads it's about if mastercard says that they won't process your payments that you can't take payments from people who want to pay with a mastercard and you know Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be a big deal if there were like 10 other brands of cards that people use but people use mastercard and people use visa Mm -hmm. um i'm not sure why i haven't heard like so much about visa wanting to change their policies but it's pretty much primarily mastercard and OnlyFans is not not the only website being affected. You have clip stores and phone sex um, operator sites who are like, y'all can't have nudity in your profile photos anymore. Or we're not allowing staged uh, voyeur content anymore. And, you know, those two changes I just listed haven't really personally affected me terribly but somebody who only produces voyeur content and that's their full time income and that's all they do, yeah, that's a that's a problem that you're gonna close down their store mm-hmm. with like a couple days notice. And that's that's that. So how do sex workers move forward with this situation? Because I know OnlyFans is a really big platform that a lot of sex sex workers use. So I mean OnlyFans ultimately came back and said that they were actually it's actually on, I'm trying to think of how they phrased it. I think they said it was, it was suspended, the new changes, which means, you know, they could be deciding to make the original changes they announced. In my opinion, that means they could be deciding to make those changes go into effect at any time, just not at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you say? So you don't, we don't know when they're going to make the right we don't know if they're going to or when they're going to but the specific verbiage that they use means that they could right um how do sex workers move forward i mean aside from hunting and gathering uh sex work and prostitution etc um is like one of the oldest professions in the book of course people had to collect or have something to barter in exchange but outside of that uh, sex work is one of the oldest professions in the book um, mm-hmm. so how do we move forward um, we stick together we, we um, stick to the phrase solidarity in sex workers we have the attitude that the person who engages in street prostitution is no worse or better than the person who does mm-hmm. porn we mm-hmm. have the attitude that the person who sells panties is no better or worse than the person who is a stripper. Because the only way we really have any type of power 
is through numbers and solidarity. Um, it's not going to be able to be just one of us that sticks up to MasterCard and be like, hey, this is bullshit. But if we all work together and we all stick together in this shit, um, I feel like, you know, we'll always we'll always find a way. Um, sex work has always been and it, it, it always will be. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like a lot of sex workers stick together? Um, I mean, I've gotten to see two sides of that. I got introduced to the industry through sex trafficking. So, um, through the lenses of a person who's being trafficked, I would definitely say no, not at all. Uh, sex workers definitely don't stick together. But me being trafficked was only, you know, one year out of 10 of me being in the industry. Um, as I've gotten more mature and really just been able to be in a better position to network and meet more people, Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that all sex workers stick together, but, um, yeah, I, I think sex workers for the most part, they do stick together. And, you know, I had fog, foggy lenses going through being sex trafficked and being in the industry, but mm-hmm. even through being trafficked, meeting some of the sex workers who I did meet, um, those are like some of the best people that you'll like ever meet in your life. Um, right. They could just have met you and they'll give you like the last of their possessions and give you the shirt off their back. Mm. And I don't say that as some like cliche shit. Like I really went through experiences to know that they would look out for somebody who they didn't know like that. And that's, that's not everybody. Not even just Mm. in the industry. That's just not all people. A lot of people are selfish and you know, they don't really care what the next person's going through. I just feel like we, I, I feel like we gotta bring you back, like, ASAP, because I feel like you just have, like, so, like, you've been through so much, like, and I don't want to, like, because I feel like when people see the, the title of this episode, they want to know more about the topic, because a lot of, of professional homegirls want to make um, additional income, but I'm just curious, because I feel like the more and more I talk to you, and I hear you talk about certain things, like, how do you keep your sanity through everything that you've been through? Because um, I read, I did receive a small sample, thanks to Amazon, of your book. And I read certain things. And some of the things that I read, was like, oh, my God. like That's so was, odd, because I didn't, like, upload any specific sample. That's hilarious right. that they can, they can allow you to read the right. sample, but they can't y'all, send you a download, downloadable I, uh, format of the book. Y'all, when I tell y'all I was texting her all day, like, can you please send me the file? Like, I was, I don't know, and I work in tech. So I don't understand why I couldn't figure this out. Like I called, not called, but I emailed the support team and they could not send me the file. Hmm. I had better luck, I feel like, selling my book independently. Um, Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what I was using. I think Mm -hmm. eJunkie to deliver eBooks is pretty dope. So I might get back on that, y'all. But I mean, it's so... I don't know. Having so many things that you're involved in is like a blessing and a curse because I wrote these books about my experience being trafficked probably about eight years ago. Um, I put them on the market and uh, they were fairly successful. I had a nice amount of book signings, speaking events. Um, I got to meet some powerful some powerful people and some powerful celebrities but then it just became something I wasn't really so so much interested anymore in Mm -hmm. and I took the books off the market um I recently put the books back on the market after getting them um professionally edited and formatted and now it sounds like I'm gonna have to pay to get them reformatted to sell them on eJunkie because I don't have time for Amazon's bullshit and I feel like after this episode, people are going to be like, okay, so when is this, when's the next episode coming out? Because <laughs> we want to get the book. <laughs> uh, but yeah, how do you keep your sanity? You didn't ask the question. Um, sorry about that. No, I, <laughs> I feel like we're jumping all over the place. Are we going to finish up the, the penny episode? But I really want to like, I really wish I could have read that damn book, man. Because I feel like we could have really gotten into some things. But we're going to come back to it. But how do you keep well, your sanity to do everything? 
It's good you ask because one of the I, I mentioned this earlier. One of the top reasons people don't make it in this industry and just in entrepreneurship in general is because they can't handle the mental load it takes on you, and they can't right. handle the initial failure uh, you might experience when you try to launch a new idea. Right. Um, how do I deal with this? Um, I try to stay financially on top of things. I feel like Americans, probably one of their biggest stress stress points is, is finances. Um, I've tried to build yeah. myself up um, into a way where – you know, I'm not going to be into this in the same trap of people who sign up for these 30 year mortgages. And it's quite possible that they won't be able to even own their home before they pass because they have to refinance it. Um, I already knew I didn't want to do that. Like that's something mentally on top of being trafficked and dealing with the stuff that I have dealt with. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. deal with um, instability of having to move all the time because that's something I had to do. When I was trafficked, it's also something I had to do after I was trafficked. Um, I try to keep on things financially. I try to make good financial decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. I take time for myself. Um, I'm not working a regular nine to five job with a set schedule. I've done that in the past and I've had decent jobs. I've worked on a military base. I've worked all type of jobs, y'all. Um, I just don't think that's what's best for me right now. So I've set myself up in a way that I don't have to do that. I put myself first. Um, I don't feel like a lot of people really think that's possible. I feel like a lot of people, for whatever reason, well, I mean, I don't say for whatever reason, because for the most part, I know the reason. Like, this is just kind of how society has ingrained us. But a lot of people feel like, you know, they just have to participate in the route race. And um, I guess depending on what hand you've been dealt to some, to some degree you do. I mean, I pay my utilities, I'm paying my mortgage, but your version of the rat race and getting ahead doesn't have to be as lengthy as everybody else's and it doesn't have to look the same. Right. Um. um that's a big part of keeping my sanity is within reason. I do what I want to do. Right. Oh, I believe you. <laughs> Period. <laughs> so, okay, let's get back to the pain topic because I feel like people are going to be like, yo, I feel like we just all over the place. And I really want to hit some key points because I really want to support you and I really want people to support you. And because I, I I do believe that you know what you're talking about when it comes to selling pains. And I want people to support you if they are interested in joining your classes. So what would you say are some things that guys look for when it comes to underwear? Um, all guys, like, I swear, different people have their different fetishes. But if we could break it down into, like, different categories... Um, you have your guys that are really after, like, smell. They really enjoy the smell of the panties, so they might not be so concerned with, like, collecting cute styles or nice fabrics or good brands. Um, they're just looking for somebody who can get them hooked on their scent. Whereas you have other guys, um, and I don't know, I'd say this is... Most guys are looking for scent, of course, but you do have other guys who are really into stuff like uh, fabrics. I seldomly have guys who want to order stuff unworn, but it's happened maybe 10% of the, 10% of the time. So mm-hmm. most guys, of course, are after scent, but after that, I'll just call those basic panty guys who are after scent, don't really care about nice fabrics and stuff. But you also have a lot of guys who are really more connoisseurs and they really are looking they're looking for vintage underwear they want silk they want satin they only want uh victoria's secret or they only want this brand they only want lane bryant um you definitely have a nice amount of people who are only looking for certain stuff you'll see it oftentimes you'll see it in their username you got a satin panty lover 302 Mm. thong lover 555 uh thong lover 555 they might buy other other underwear, but they probably really only want thongs. Um, mm. The way that you try to make sure that you can um, get a nice amount of sales is to, 
either find your niche. And if you're going to do a niche, uh, you know, really focus heavily on that or make sure you have, you know, a pretty nice variety, at least on the panties. So you can cater to a good demographic. Um, I don't recommend, you know, to get started that you, you know, go out, you don't need 250 pairs of panties to get started selling panties. Um, my class is definitely very useful in making recommendations for things that, you know, you should try to have when you get started, things that are going to make sure your business excels when you get started, um, how to get the best deals on panties, where to find the best stuff, uh, mm-hmm. how to make the best ads. Um, all this is important if you want to hit the game running with your best shoes on, uh, you know, just to get started. Of course, it's always going to be a learning experience, but you can tell even people who don't take classes, like you can tell the people who took the time to figure out the website a bit, who took the time to look at the other top sellers on the website and kind of see what they're doing, not copy them. Right. But do your research. Do, yes, do do right. your marketing research on what the top dogs are doing. You can tell the people who took the time to do that and the people who said, oh, panty selling is just going to be easy. But that's um, anything you I'm going to make hella money. You have to do your research. You should right. do your research. It can be very lucrative. It can be positive. I mean, panty selling has been really positive in my life, y'all. I'm not 30. My house is almost paid off. I got two cars. I travel a lot um, in life. I pretty much, I do what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's achievable. If you're willing to do things like do the marketing research. It's not rocket science. It's not working at a factory. It doesn't have to be the most physically laborious work. But you want to just make sure you're working as smart as possible. And if you're working as smart as possible, then, yeah, this could probably be really, really lucrative for you. So which scent do you think makes the most money? I mean, of course, I can only speak on my personal experience. So I've only worked with my scent. But I mean, I'd say these guys in general are just after a woman's scent. So I wouldn't overthink it and think, well, am I going to have the appealing scent that'll get these guys hooked? I mean, if you have a healthy functioning vagina, then you'll probably (laughs) have a scent. Seriously. If you take care of yourself, if you have a healthy functioning vagina, then you'll probably have a scent that can get you repeat buyers. Mm. And can you sell other things on the site as add-ons to go with the panties? Uh, you can. Uh, like I said, are most of these uh, sites, um, probably at least 80% of the sites that are known for panty selling, now these are going to be all the sites that take a subscription fee. That's pretty much something that I don't want to say it's exclusive to panty selling, but it pretty much it pretty much is, to my knowledge. Um, that's exclusive. That's exclusive to panty selling sites that they charge you a monthly fee and let you keep all your earnings. Whereas most other sites, phone sex, video uh, for sale, camming, they all just take a percent of your earnings. They don't charge a monthly fee. Mm-hmm. Um, they're commission based. Um, but most of these subscription-based panty selling sites you can sell other services on and that is where um you will probably if you're going to be successful that is probably where you'll have most of your success uh like i said people who are offering more services and when i say that i don't mean people who are necessarily signing up for phone sex site to be a phone sex operator but people who are offering phone sex on the panty selling site are inclined to make more money. People who are selling photos of them in the panties are inclined to make more money. People who are selling videos of themselves as well as used panties are inclined to make more money. And you can sell other services on almost all of the panty selling sites. Now, at one point you spoke about a certain platform that were giving you issues. Do you think it had anything to do with you being Black or that you are a top seller in the industry or what do you think the issue was? I mean, that's this industry, period. Right. Um, gosh, I mean, really, that's just life. 
Um, there's colorism, of course, and racism. You know, if you're working at AT and T, you're working <laughs> at you know, do they even exist anymore? I don't know if that was a good example, but you know, yeah, you're probably AT&T dealing. Exists. I don't know those phone site those uh phone carriers are always merging and, and merging and stuff. That is true. Right? That is true. I, I know AT and T didn't even used to be AT and T. They might have used to be like Singular Wireless or something. Mm, um, that's a throwback. But I try to save my money. I don't uh, patronize uh, the big phone carriers like AT and T and stuff. It's one of the ways that I'm more free. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get into this entrepreneurial lifestyle and you know your pockets are kind of tight, I definitely encourage you to look at where you can cut costs. Cut costs. That's a fact. right. Um, you really don't get too many extra benefits out of going with AT&T if you can go through, like, Total <laughs> Wireless, who is on their same networks. Like, that's how I literally don't know if AT&T is a phone carrier right now, because I just know they're out of my budget. I could be, like, making six figures, and they still might be out of my budget, girl. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, listen, I get it, because I'm an entrepreneur, too, and you, when you're starting any business, I don't care what it is, you're going to have to cut costs at some point. Seriously. Especially if you want to scale your business, like because shit business ends up- fluctuates. You know they say in your first year of um, starting any type of business, if you are financially able, you should be investing all profits that you back made into your that business first year back into your business. Absolutely. And- Absolutely. Right. Spending extra money on your phone bill is not really going to make you money. That's not investing money back in your business. And that's money that you could be investing back in your business. A lot of sacrifices for sure. Definitely. Definitely take sacrifices when you decide to be an entrepreneur. But there are there can be a lot of pros as well. Oh, absolutely. The reward is always amazing. Right. Well, go ahead, go ahead. You were talking about the whole, um, about racism in the industry. Yeah, um, so there's racism everywhere from AT&T to the (laughs) sex industry. Um, there really is. Um, and, you know, you are an independent contractor, like I said, working for a lot of these sites, and even if you're not an independent contractor, you're still just, like, a user who, you know, is... I don't want to say that you're under the control of somebody else, like, because that just sounds really shitty. But, right. I mean, you ca- you kind of are under the control of somebody else. Like, if the people... Right. If the people right. who are reviewing Facebook posts are possibly racist, then, you know, you're at their mercy if your posts are getting flagged, reported, whatever. You're at whoever is reviewing it. You're at, like with their political beliefs that they let that overlap into their work, which, you know, they can say they don't, but subconsciously they probably still do. You are mm-hmm. at their mercy. You're at their mercy. Um, so yeah, I uh, definitely feel like I've dealt with racism in the industry. Um, but you know, this life. Hmm. It's, um, I can't necessarily say I've ever been treated badly enough anywhere that I've, like, totally left a platform, um, you know, because I thought that they, people who owned it or worked there or whatever might have been racist, but you can definitely, you know, feel at times, and you don't, you can't necessarily even always prove it, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we, this is America. Uh, we're aware of the things that, you know, American history, we're fucking aware of what the fuck happened. You know, they say we're really probably not aware because slavery was probably a hundred times worse than we'll ever know. But, you mm-hmm. know, that's a whole, that's a whole nother topic. But we're aware of American history. So sometimes, you know, you can only wonder, like, am I being treated like this because this person is racist? Right. Was um was i kicked off of this platform because this person is racist are my pictures being deleted because this person is racist is my Mm -hmm. shit not being approved i can see people of my peers who are you know clearly got less melanin in their skin they shit approved they shit still up 
y'all um, deleted my shit for, say, I don't know, not being within contest themes. Like, say they do a Halloween contest. I mean, I'm clearly in a contest. Like, other white people, like, they clearly just uh, cut themselves out of a photo. Like, completely erase the background and, like, put themselves in a fucking pumpkin patch. <laughs> like, is that authentic? Right. No, it's not. That shit is bullshit. Um, right. what no, I agree. You, what, what, what can but we what do? What can you do? You know? right. right. I might I might deal with the same thing. Being a nurse, I might deal with the same thing. Working at AT&T. <laughs> Yo, her beef with AT&T, y'all. <laughs> it's just a good example for corporate America. They're a very big company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could work for a department in D.C. and have a totally, completely different experience. Than you had working for a different director in Atlanta, right? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you can deal with that racism shit anywhere. Um, I definitely don't think that the industry is excluded uh, from having racism infiltrated. Mm-hmm. So, last but not least, what is some advice you would give to our listeners who want to get into the industry, or they just, or even just selling their pennies? Like, what would you recommend, or some tips, or things not to do? Mm, biggest thing not to do, I already mentioned, is of course, mm-hmm. like the biggest thing is just to really decide that if this is something that you're interested in doing, cool. If you've decided that that's something that that this is something you want to do. Um, outside of that, I'd recommend you do a bit of research. Um, my class is a great place to start if you want to know about a lot of the most popular and even some of the, um, less popular sites that you can get on to still make a significant amount of money. My Panty Seller 411 class is a great place to start, but even if you don't know if you want to take a class, definitely do your research. Uh, look at what the different sites have to offer you. Um, They all have different payout percentages. If you go the commission-based site route, um, they all have different monthly monthly fees and features they offer. If you decide to go the monthly subscription route where they charge you a flat fee and you get to keep all of your money. Um, They all have different things that they can offer you. And I would encourage you to make an informed decision about where you want to work. Um. I'd also recommend you look into things that you can um, inexpensively, I guess, at first, if that's, you know, where you need to start out, start out off at is look for things you can buy to inexpensively invest in your business. Um, these type of things matter, like having good lighting in your pictures matters. Uh, looking presentable in your photos matters. Uh You'll notice because you'll see all different types of people on these websites. You'll see people who keep their nails and their hair done and get all made up, which, you know, is great. You'll see people who don't do that, which is great, you know, if you don't want to do that. Um, But I feel like at a bare minimum, you're definitely probably going to make better sales if you are presentable. Um, You'll see people who don't brush their hair before they take photos. Or you'll see people with a dirty, really dirty background in their photos and, you know, people notice that. I mean, mm-hmm. this goes for literally, like, any business. Anything, not even yeah. Just, right. Not even just the sex industry. Details uh, matter. Right. Details matter. Right. Uh, that's solid advice, like, put shortly. Details matter. Pay attention to detail. Um, that goes into doing things like tracking your sales. You'll want to make sure you keep track of your finances keep up with what's selling good for you Mm -hmm. um if you get started in the industry and you're selling say you decide to go all out and you decide you're gonna sell photos panties and videos uh keep up with what's selling best for you and what's working right right if you get into the industry and you know you see that you can make more money doing custom videos and you like to do custom videos then there's nothing wrong with saying you know, I'm not going to put in a plethora of effort into selling panties anymore. Listen, this is entrepreneurship one on one. Right, right. No, dead ass, because this is so true. Because you have so you can have so many good ideas, but the numbers don't lie, and that's what you need to focus on. Definitely, definitely need to take into account the numbers. Now, I'm all about. I mean, one of the reasons we get into entrepreneurship is so we can 
hopefully try to do what we want to do. If you can make a livable income just selling panties, if you look at the numbers, you're making more money doing customs and you decide that financially you can just sell panties and that's all you want to do, that's great. That's one of the reasons I recommend people get into entrepreneurship so they can try to do the things that they love. But definitely keep track of those numbers so you can make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Same goes with researching. It just all comes down to being informed, knowing what's going on, knowing the happenings. Uh, That helps you make the best decisions. It's going to help you be successful in your business. And one more question before we leave. What's next for you? Um, what's next for me is really what I've been up to lately. Um, I got started with this podcast telling y'all that I'm not focused so much on selling panties. Um, I mean, I'm still selling them though, but (laughs) lately, lately I've been doing a lot of traveling. Um, I've been working on video production, been selling a lot of custom videos. I've been networking with people I'm working with more women in the industry so I have a lot more videos of me with other partners uh so that's my primary primary focus right now is clip production and really just attracting those super generous fans to me um one thing that has really kept me in this industry and I guess we can end with this One thing that has really kept me in this industry is my regulars. Um, You know, I might not be the most popular person on social media. I might not have the most Twitter followers. But what I do have is, you know, fans who send me $1,000, $2,000 at a time. Okay, let's get into it now. And, you know, that makes up for some some free gawking, some free gawking Twitter followers. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'd love to be an influencer one day. So, I mean, I know the power behind having social media, but. But I think you are an influencer. You know, you are right. Because I feel like when I research, you was the only black woman that was popping up. Quite possibly. And she was also being a little modest, y'all, because she made a lot of money doing this. And granted, it was on and off, but. I think you made right. over 50 G's doing this. I mean, I make... Probably more I'm, than that. I make money doing mm-hmm. this. This is paid... Gosh, this is paid... This is literally paid for a lot of stuff for me, y'all. This is paid for... Paid for my first car. Um, I've been through, like, multiple cars since then. Um, it's it's always paid for my house. I've never been homeless. Um, and... You know, that's not to talk down on anybody who has been. Cause I've been through some really tough shit, but yeah. this industry, but this industry is something that's afforded me these things to not have to be houseless, to not go without food. Like this is shit. A lot of people who work in a regular job don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, right. There's so many of my peers who've been homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, your story alone yeah. is just. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna. As soon as we got this this call, I'm gonna send her the link and make her make sure she scheduled the next appointment because it took me almost a year to get her on the show, y'all. But her story is powerful. Like, I really do feel like I wish I would have had the opportunity to read the book because I feel like the conversation we had kind of shifted out of panty selling, and I feel like we could have went more into your story. But I just want to be fully prepared. So people Man. can support you more and get to know you more than just being a sex worker. I will be looking forward to coming back to the show. Um, yeah, I heard I think, <laughs> I think I hope I hope people got, you know, enough and what they came for today, though. If you oh, no, want more information on the adult entertainment class, um, getting into the industry in general, do not let the name of my class fool you. Uh, you can find more information about getting involved in all things adult entertainment at pantyseller411.com. All right. And if y'all have any questions, comments, or concerns, please make sure to email me at hello at the phgpodcast.com. And until next time, everyone, later. Bye. Thanks for having me. Of course.
AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 